Coming up this week, I look into the science of 800 volt and 400 volt systems. Is one better than the other? Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. This week, I'm actually taking a break from the news, even though there was plenty of good stuff, including the Ford F-150 Lightning EV reveal, and I'll definitely have some thoughts on that, but you'll have to wait till next week to hear about it. This week, I'm finally getting to something that I've been working on for quite a while, actually. Ever, si ever since the Porsche Taycan was announced with the 800-volt system, people have been asking questions about the higher-voltage architecture. Specifically, are 800-volt systems better than 400-volt systems? And most people say yes, they are better because you can charge faster. So this week, I'm going to dive in a little bit, answer some questions, and, and really the most important question is, when it comes to the real-world application, is it worth it, and do you really want a vehicle, an EV, with an 800-volt system? Before we get started, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto & Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Okay, so I'm going to first dive into the science, and then once we cover that, or at least a brief overview of what you could talk about. Um, then we'll back off and talk about the real world application to see how they stack up. So I'm super excited about this and I hope you are too. So let's get started. So what's so special about 800 volt systems and why are EVs like the Porsche Taycan, Hyundai Ioniq 5, the Kia EV6, the GMC Hummer EV and others, why are they using this higher voltage? So the first question really is, why would you use an 800-volt architecture versus a 400-volt like most EVs use? And really, to answer that, I'm going to separate things into three separate parts. But all of them stem from something that is called ohmic losses, or sometimes you might hear it as joule heating. And personally, I prefer ohmic losses, but you can go either way with it. And what this is, it refers to the physicist James Prescott Joule's first law, which states, in any given conductor, the heat developed by an electrical current in any given time varies directly as the square of the current. Now, if you're hearing that for the first time, then it probably doesn't make any sense at all. At least to me, the first time I heard it, it didn't make any sense at all. I am not a physicist. I am not... Uh, an electrician or, you know, somebody that really has had a significant understanding of electricity and how it works in electrical circuits. So first time I heard that, I'm going, uh, okay, that meant absolutely nothing. So if you're like me in that boat, let me uh, translate this a little bit for you. Electrical power or watts is measured as the product of volts and amps. So you multiply amps times volts, and then you've got your watts. Uh, an example of that, if you had your 60-watt light bulb in your house running on, let's say, 120 volts, then you would be pulling half an amp 
because 120 volts times 0.5 amps is 60 watts. You with me so far? I hope so, because if not, then <laughs> you're going to have some hard time with this episode, but hopefully you're with me. So current is amps. And Joule's first law is basically saying that the higher the amperage in any conductor, and we'll use wire as a simple example, the resistance against that amperage or current flow also increases. And as a result, power is lost in the form of heat. Now, if you're trying to create heat, like in a resistance heater, in, which some EVs use to heat the cabin, or a space heater, uh, the way they work for your house, uh, then heat is not a bad thing. In fact, that is the desired result. But normally, you want to limit heat in an electrical system as to not lose electrical power or create a lot of other issues. So you either want to limit the amount of amps that you have in a circuit, or you want to have a larger conductor to be able to handle the amperage that you want to run. And a really good example of this is with extension cords. Heavy duty extension cords, ones that are designed to handle more amperage are thicker. And that's because thinner wire cannot handle the current and would create too much heat or even burn up as if it were a fuse. And actually, now that I think about it, fuses are designed specifically with Joule's first law in mind um, to be that weak link because of the, uh, the heat breaking the fusible link. So all of that just to keep in mind that watts are voltage times amps and to have a really high powered system, you can either have high amps and a lower voltage or higher voltage and lower amps. And because the power losses in an electrical system are directly variable to the square of the current, or amps times amps, you can see how high, having higher voltage and lower amps would be more ideal. Double the voltage in a system from 400 to 800 volts, and you cut the current in half, and then the ohmic losses are actually reduced by four. Okay, Great. Problem solved. Question answered. End of episode. Okay, not really. Uh, you see, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So at the beginning, I said there were going to be three different parts to answering the question of why you would want an 800 volt system over 400 volts. And we haven't gotten to the first yet, uh, but we will now. The first of the three reasons manufacturers are likely going to 800 volt systems is that you can charge faster. And EVs aren't just able to charge fast enough yet. And when I say fast enough, what I really mean is to refuel in an amount of time similar to what most consumers are used to when filling up their gas-powered car. That 5 to 10 minute range, and then you're back on your way. And keep in mind that once you've made the switch to EV and current owners of EVs, you're rarely complaining about how much time it does take to fast charge. But also keep in mind that those of us who are currently EV owners were the early adopters. We're likely to overlook something like this because um, of all the benefits of EV ownership. So with an 800 volt system, you can have a more powerful charge rate because you don't have as much heat and therefore you don't have as much power lost. It's, it's a more efficient use of the application. But more importantly, 
chargers that use 800 volt systems can deliver much greater power while still using cables that are sized uh, in a way that it's used by the average person. You know, the fastest chargers out there are using, uh, I believe, 350 kilowatts, which is quite a lot. And if you tried to push 350 kilowatts on a 400 volt charger, the system would likely have to use really thick water-cooled cables. And honestly, that would just be a lot to physically handle, you know. But then alongside of that, it's more expensive and complicated. Now, an argument against this uh, need for faster charging, if you will, would be that the majority of EV owners aren't going to use fast chargers. They're going to just plug in overnight at home. And on a regular basis, it's really not important as it may seem. And obviously, when going on a longer distance road trip where you would want to recharge in a short period of time, it's actually not a big deal to just wait a little bit longer. Most of the time, if you go into the store, use the restroom, grab a bite to eat, the car is going to be finished, if not close to being finished by the time you get back. And that's likely true most of the time. But what about all the people that can't charge at home or work? And actually, that's, I think, here in North America, about 40% of the population. In order to get a massive and widespread of adoption of electric vehicles, these people will also need to be able to refuel in a way similar to what they're doing now. Pull into a station, and in 10 minutes or so, you're back on your way. If you can't charge at home or work, the last thing that you want to do is take an hour or so, you know, to charge wherever you are. I mean, that's just that is where charging would be a hassle. So we want to avoid that. And 800 volt systems would help get us closer to this reality, especially for really big, inefficient vehicles with massive batteries um, and I'm thinking of the GMC Hummer EV when I'm saying that. So the ultra-fast charging is definitely an advantage, and that's the first thing. Secondly, and I uh, uh, mentioned this a little bit already, higher-voltage systems are more efficient. When you're trying to push a higher current, once again, amps, through an EV, it's not just the charger and the cables that create heat. Every single system, every electrical system within the car that is pushing that kind of amperage would also be generating a massive amount of heat. The charge connector and charge port all the way through the inverter and battery and all the cables that lead to the traction motor and drive the wheels. Every electrical component. So to have higher amps on a lower voltage system, that means that you would need bigger cables and wires and bigger connectors to be used. Every component, therefore, would be bigger and heavier. And big and heavy are two things that you just don't want in an EV if efficiency is a priority. And honestly, efficiency should be a priority for most EVs because that's how you maximize range. With a higher voltage system, however, we can reduce the current reduce the size of all the electrical components, reduce the size of the cabling and connectors, reduce the weight, and ultimately increase efficiency. 
and we can also likely have a smaller cooling system for the battery and motor and other electrical parts, which then maximizes the amount of cabin space that you can have, or you can just build a smaller car. And of course, uh, the other part of that, a reduction of weight is important in another way too, which brings us to the third reason why 800 volt systems are likely going to be used versus 400 volt systems, and that is with higher performance. And naturally, this is for the people who want efficiency of power usage for different reasons. The people that are interested in performance are not usually trying to maximize range, admittedly. Uh, now, some are, and I myself would definitely fall into that group uh, because I want to go fast and I want to, the car to accelerate quickly and I want to punch it off the line often, but I also want to do that for as long as possible. So I want the longest range with the highest performance. And a high-performance EV is going to use power in the most effective way with high power, low weight, and high energy density and high power density in the electric motor. And actually, as a side note, it is important to point out that by using a higher voltage that will allow you to run an EV motor at higher rotational speed and higher RPMs in a traction motor means typically having higher power density you can create more power with the same uh, size motor or weight. So it, to get a high performance in an electric vehicle, you want the motor to be as power dense and as light as possible. You want the car to be as light as possible and higher voltage systems will allow this to happen. Okay, so that's all the basic science behind uh, just a few reasons why, in theory, 800-volt systems are better. However, currently, anyway, it is more expensive to develop a higher-voltage vehicle, and the 800-volt fast chargers are also more expensive. So for this to be a new standard in EVs, there's going to need to be a lot of money thrown at it, and that really is somewhat of a downside. But just like the introduction of any newer and better technology, over time, costs will decrease. So, you know, the, the real question for right now currently is, are 800-volt systems really worth the expense? And sadly, I'm not going to be able to answer that question. But I did find in my research of doing this that uh, there are some interesting points when comparing real-world numbers with vehicles that are available right now. So let's pivot and look at some of the real-world applications of 800-volt systems and how they compare to 400-volt cars. And first, before we really get to that, a, a bit of a disclaimer, I'm going to be using Teslas as an example of the 400 volt systems. And one reason I'm doing this is because in researching for this episode, there is a ton of data on Tesla in all aspects of what I want to talk about, the charging efficiency and performance. And there's just a lot of information to work with because there are more Teslas on the road, um, at least here in North America, than any other EV. And secondly, the reason I chose Tesla for these is because they started from nothing and in only a little bit more than a decade built a dominating product that sells really well that customers are very happy with. So 
it's an example of, I guess, success in the EV world. And also, they charge really fast. They are pretty efficient, and they have, well, upcoming models will have unquestionably unparalleled performance. So let's look at the real-world application and compare charging first. Now, the fastest charging 800-volt EV out there right now is, I believe, the Porsche Taycan. And if I'm wrong about that, I am more than happy to have somebody correct me. But I'm working with the Taycan for this one. And because I don't personally have any experience charging the Taycan, I have driven it. I have not uh, you know, recorded charging sessions or anything like that. Uh, the information I'm relying on for this, I actually got from Bjorn Nyland, Tom Malagny, and a few others that have um, put information out there on, on the web. And those are also sources that I trust to be reliable, honest, and unbiased. So um, that means a lot, you know, when, when researching something like this. And from what I've gathered, while Porsche planned to have the Taycan capable of charging at 350 kilowatts, currently the fastest peak charge rate is roughly 260 kilowatts, which is obviously much slower, but that allows it to charge from 2 to 80% in 22 minutes. And if we compare that to the Tesla Model 3, the Model 3 peaks at 250 kilowatts, and in that same 22 minutes would go from 7 to 77%. So a charging increase of 70% versus the Taycan's 78% increase is not as good. It's not as fast. So it definitely sounds like the 800-volt system is better for charging, but there's a catch. The faster you charge something, the more current you are pushing through, the more wattage, more power you're pushing through, the more stress you're going to put on the battery and electrical components. And ultimately, that could potentially damage them or decrease their usable life in your car. And I'm going to once again point out that not everyone needs to charge faster. In fact, if given the option to take an extra, say, 10 minutes or so at a charger to ensure a longer battery life for your vehicle, I honestly, I'm not sure there are too many people who would want to charge faster and take that risk. And yes, I'm just, you know, it's conjecture, uh, but it does make sense, doesn't it? So the 800-volt system does allow for faster charging, but when we take into account the real-world application, do we really want a slightly faster charging potential at the, maybe, the cost of the life of our battery? EVs like the Taycan haven't been around long enough to really show us how the battery pack handles fast charging and what kind of degradation it has as a result. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, I would say that we will have to wait and see how this shakes out in the coming years. But I honestly, right now, I'm just going to hold reservations about this. And I don't really feel like I would recommend an 800-volt car um, over a 400-volt car just because it has an 800-volt system and can charge a little bit quicker. So now let's look at efficiency and performance. Uh, the most efficient EVs out there are... Um, unfortunately, small and not very practical for the majority of people, at least here in the U.S. 
and they're efficient not because of their voltage architecture, but because they're small and lightweight. And some of the examples of that are the Smart EQ for four, the Volkswagen E-Up. Uh, and we really can't get either of those here in North America, but I definitely would throw my car into the mix, uh, the Chevy Spark EV, because... As far as I know, there isn't an EV that you can buy here in the States or Canada that is more efficient. I mean, it really is amazing. Well, all of these cars use 400-volt systems, but like I said, they're efficient because they're small. So I'm actually going to set all of those to the side and look at the Tesla Model S. It is a big vehicle. It's also fairly efficient for its size at uh, a rating of 3.9 miles per kilowatt hour. Now, keep in mind that a lot of factors go into efficiency other than voltage architecture, size, weight, aerodynamics, and actually a bunch more. So keep that in mind. You know, there's... It's hard to, <laughs> to kind of compare because we're trying to narrow it down to one variable. And honestly, it, you just really can't do that with the information that's out there right now. But if we compare once again to the Porsche Taycan, which is uh, in terms of the size of the vehicle, somewhat similar. Actually, I think it's a little bit smaller than the Model S. Uh, the Porsche is rated at three miles per kilowatt hour. So I honestly can't find an 800-volt EV that is a more efficient package than a comparable 400-volt EV. And does that mean that 800-volt systems are inefficient or less efficient than 400-volt? No, of course not. Um, we, we've kind of already settled the science of the matter, but I would beg the question, why aren't automakers making super-efficient 800-volt EVs? Is it too early? Are they too expensive? Um, what is that factor? You know, why don't we see more of that? And lastly, with performance, this is actually pretty easy. Uh, the Porsche Taycan Turbo S is a performance beast. The upcoming Lucid Air, which has not been produced yet, but we've seen some uh, prototype models on the track, it also uses a high, a high voltage system. I believe it's 900 volts or closer to that. And the performance is also very, very comparable. Actually, I think it beats out the Taycan. Um, and then we get to Tesla's Model S Plaid and Plaid Plus, which are going to be available very soon, I should say, uh, within the coming weeks to months. And that will match and beat the performance of the Taycan and the Air, and it's using a 400-volt architecture. So... Certainly, while it doesn't prove that 800 volt or 400 volt is better, it does prove that you can use either to achieve the very top performance in an EV. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I've presented the science, hopefully in a way that's understandable and correct, um, and asked a few questions about the real world application of the two different architectures and these systems. And unfortunately, you might be in the same boat as I am. I've actually got more questions <laughs> after doing all of this research and putting this together than I have uh, presented answers. And the answers are pretty clear when you look at the science. 800 volt systems are better. But some of the questions that I've come up with are, have we seen the peak potential of 800 volt systems in a practical real world application yet? And 
then I started thinking, well, what if Tesla switched to 800 volt systems? What would that do for their vehicles and the performance? And then ultimately, why haven't they switched to 800 volt systems if 800 volt really is better? Um, you know, what's the holdup? Why, why aren't we seeing more of that? But I guess after all of this, one thing that is for sure is that with the Hyundai Ioniq 5, the Kia EV6, and the GMC Hummer EV all coming out with 800-volt systems, in the coming years, we should have a lot more data to work with. So maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, this is something I've been working on for a while and I wanted to put it out there, but maybe I will have to kind of circle back and revisit this uh, once, you know, more and more systems are out there, more vehicles are using 800 volts and we have more data to look at. So that's it for this week. And I do hope that you liked the deeper dive into the technology side of EVs and e uh, electrical systems. And if there is a topic that or a question that you want me to dive into, like I did with this, let me know. I am definitely open to all suggestions. And while I very much enjoy bringing all of the latest news uh, on a weekly basis, you know, week after week, doing things like this to kind of mix it up a little bit actually is really fun for me too. And hopefully it helps um, teach a little bit, you know, have you guys learn some things that maybe you didn't know. Uh, I certainly didn't know as much about 800 volt systems as I learned by doing all of the research. So moving on from that, I, I am going to continue the weekly Q&A from last week because I suspect maybe after hearing this episode that a few of you might change the answers that you gave. Uh, so uh, the question, actually, in case you missed last week, is if you could design your own EV, what kind of specifications would it have? And keep in mind performance, range, battery size, cost, vehicle type, uh, etc. So after hearing all of this today, I would also add to that, would you want it to be an 800 volt architecture or 400? So submit your answers the same way every week. Uh, it's via email to hello at ev-resource.com. Or you can simply reply to the social media posts on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I re will repost them. Um, and then I promise next week I will read them out on uh, the podcast. So that's your show for this week. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you would, please share this with your friends or anybody interested in electric vehicles. A big shout out to our Patreon executive producers, Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller. And there is more room at the top there. So if you want to support my efforts and um, really my time, I guess, more, more than anything else for this podcast, um, I would encourage you to go to patreon.com slash EV resource. It's completely optional. You don't have to, but certainly a lot of work and time goes into this and anything that you guys can help with uh, would definitely be appreciated. As always, I invite your feedback. Uh, you can always leave a comment on the YouTube videos this week. There is not going to be one, but you know, previous weeks um, you can do that. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way all of the future episodes will be downloaded and delivered to you automatically. 
If you do want to listen to any of the previous shows, you can find them on the webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. So as always, thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week.